Hello, and welcome back to Motifs Between the Notes podcast, where we invite Rhode Island musicians to perform their original music and then sit down for a discussion about it with our host. Let's begin. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Corinne Southern, and I'm very excited to be here on the Motif Magazine's podcast here at the fabulous Parlor Providence. I'm going to play a couple of my original songs for you. I hope you like them. A lot of these are out for streaming or to download for Name Your Own Price. It's available on my Bandcamp, and I'm on Spotify and Apple Music and all the things. So please, if you like what you hear, give me a follow, give me a shout out. I'm on all the socials. This first song I'm going to play for you is called Roadhouse. And I wrote it um, about a year ago about the summer and feeling like it was time for change. Feeling burned out on the city lights. Wanna get out for a while. I need green trees and a cool breeze. And slowly I'll remember how to smile. Summer in the city don't seem so hot. Mm, suddenly a summer in the city don't seem so hot. Won't you take me to that old roadhouse in the middle of nowhere where I could dance?
It's the only place for miles around In the arms of a cowboy Finally I'll let my hair down to be bigger than 
song. It gets a lot of attention because it's a sexy song, but I wrote it on purpose because it's also about a very important ecological issue that affects all of us, which is saving the bees. Um, so I hope you like this one. It's called Honey.
many moons ago. I wrote this when I was 15 years old, and I'm about to have a birthday and be 30. <laughs> I play 15 to 35 on TV. <laughs> um, so I've been playing this song for like 20 years. It's crazy to think about in various different iterations. So yeah, it's called The Quick. Hope you like it.
Thank you. Thanks for joining us. I'm Mike Ryan with Motif Magazine, and we are here with Between the Notes, the Motif Magazine music podcast with Corinne Southern. Hi. Um, first, we got to thank our sponsors, which are R1 Indoor Karting, the parlor where we shoot all of this, um, CIC in Providence, which is an incubator for startups, and uh, Trinity Brew Pub, which is an incubator for drunken shenanigans. Thank you, guys. I have gotten into shenanigans at almost all of those places, actually. Oh, wow. All yeah. right. <laughs> I want to hear about the incubator shenanigans. <laughs> that's the one place, but that's give it time. Okay. I'm full of shenanigans. So. All right. Um, you are, in fact, a master of shenanigans sometimes at R1 when we do yeah. various events. I'm very excited yeah. about the upcoming uh, Bartender Awards, and mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I have a good time there. There's darts, there's axe throwing. You can't beat it. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yep. That will be over by the time you guys see this, probably. But, yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about... Uh, about the set that we just heard? So it's interesting because when I play those songs solo, they sound very different than when I play them with mm -hmm. my band, Corinne Southern and the Constellations. Mm -hmm. um, all of those songs are probably, some of them have been recorded already, but they will very likely be on an upcoming album as well okay. um, with this iteration of the Constellations. And some of them, I, I started with my newer stuff and then worked back to like my roots. I guess maybe I'm feeling a little nostalgic. It's almost my birthday, so thinking uh -huh. about you know where I've been, where I'm going, what's it all about? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, small questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all we all heard the the age that you're achieving as well. Yeah, thirty saying, something uh, else. Yeah. <laughs> you can bleep but. that out. Um, <laughs> the uh, so. I have some more questions about that, but first, tell me a little about the constellations who couldn't, you know, be part yeah, of this. Yeah, so the constellations right now consist of Alyssa DeMeo on bass and Gina Dallaire on lead guitar and Luke Melo on drums. Mm -hmm. um, but I've been lucky to collaborate with several different musicians over the years, and I'm sure that that will continue. Lots of stars in my orbit in Providence, which is really nice, and. Um, We've been playing some shows and writing some new stuff that is really, I'm very excited about. I've been creatively a little bit juiced up lately, so I've been writing new things. Um, but we would like to lay down, we have about 11 or 12 songs now that were in pre-production for the album. That right. should be pretty awesome. Um, some of it is stuff I've been playing for a while, and some of it is on the newer side. So, okay. yeah. But I think that my songs... Um, they're all very authentically me. They all come from my personal experiences, like every songwriter. But I'd like to think that they're catchy and that they're the sort of songs that people can find relatable. Um, so, you know, I'm in the summer vibe. The Roadhouse song is a summer song, uh, mm -hmm. for real. It's all about just wanting to get out of the city, get around a fire, play in music, being at a little divey honky-tonk bar uh -huh. um, outside the city and just, you know... And then, what else did I play? I played getting Raise the Dead. Yeah, getting, oh, yeah, well, no, Rhode Island. So I actually, I wrote that song specifically about a place in Connecticut, so not that far. It's basically Rhode Island. It's like <laughs> okay. Rhode Island adjacent. <laughs> were you substituting, substituting words when you were singing it tonight here, or? No, it, no, 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 it's. it's same idea. I, I, well, so I I'm, was born and raised in, like, Connecticut and then Rhode Island, and okay. I firmly am a Rhode Islander. So, 
What's the difference? I, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, well, there is definitely a difference, right? Like, Rhode Island is a very small, unique place, and a lot of my songs have Rhode Island imagery or, you know, about Rhode Island, so. Mm -hmm. um, but also, like, last year I was feeling very, like, wanderlusty, like I wanted to be. I love the city. There is a line in that song, my name is constantly misspelled. It's always, like, Mm -hmm. always misspelled. The name of my band is always misspelled. I can't tell you, I've got t-shirts with my name misspelled. You've misspelled my name. We've, yeah, we, and sure I've been have. like, dude, dude, get it together. <laughs> but, um, but so, you know, I've, I was feeling a little bit like maybe I need to be in a new scene. And last year around this time, I was playing a lot in Connecticut and uh -huh. exploring kind of what they had going on out that way. And honestly, I will play anywhere. Like I will go to the moon and play a show. It, Wow. I'm a little bit scared. I probably need to train for the G-forces first, but I, I would play anywhere, so, you know. <laughs> sound would carry differently, yeah. too, I think. Yeah. And, like, Rhode Island Rockstar, that is a love song for the Rhode Island scene. Mm -hmm. um, Raise the Dead is just a breakup song, a relationship song, and about feeling, you know, like, hey, everyone's got to remember that they're the shit sometimes. <laughs> and, like, if someone breaks their heart, you know, you got to paint your face and go out and paint the town. Um, you said there were two versions of that one. Is yeah. That for different so, breakups? Or? No. Actually, I used to play in the current... It's all the same breakup for one breakup per song, you okay, know? Fair. I'm not Taylor Swift fair. here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wrote a version of that that I played with the current Southern Band, and it's on the Raise the Dead EP. That was five songs. And that was... I was playing with Luke at the time, but he was playing drums and bass at the same time, and we had Graham on lead guitar, and I was playing rhythm, and we did a four-song like live set, and we just took the best take of each of our songs, and we played it live. Mm -hmm. And that's out, and then we kind of rehashed it and made it more rock and roll when we released Celestial Body. Um, last summer, we released that, or maybe the summer before. Wow, time flies when you're it's rocking out. Holy with, moly. Yeah. <laughs> well, COVID broke all the clocks, in my opinion, too. So it's, it's I agree with now. that, yeah. And I did, like, I wrote a COVID song, but it's funny because some of my songs, there's just so much, like, that doesn't translate when you're missing all the other parts. Like, I hear all of the different parts in my head, okay. even when I'm playing by myself. So it's kind of weird. I'm like, oh, and this is where the lead guitar goes, well. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you compensate for that? Because you do solo performances. Yeah. So this um, isn't a total exception to your norm, right? No, I, I definitely play by myself. It's, like I said, I'll play on the moon if they're hiring. <laughs> um, but I guess I, I make up for it with stage presence and personality. And my honestly, I started writing songs and playing music in general to accompany my voice. Like, primarily my first instrument is my voice. I'm a vocalist. And then I learned to play guitar and piano and ukulele because I had all these other parts in my head. And I get so frustrated when my fingers don't do what I want them to do. Like, I'm in awe of people who are masters on the guitar or on their other instruments because you know, I'm not getting any worse at them, but sometimes I hear it in my head and I'm just like, why won't you do the thing? <laughs> but I know that with my voice, like I'm lucky I started voice lessons when I was just a little kid and I spent a lot of time and attention in it. I went to Rhode Island College for vocal performance and for musical theater performance and I became a voice teacher. So I know that's really where I shine. So when in doubt, belt it out. Like, uh -huh. yeah. And, yeah. and with a wink and a smile. It gets me out of parking tickets, and it gets me through solo shows. <laughs> you sing when people are trying to give you parking tickets? Yeah, oh, definitely. I sing, I sing behind the bar. I sing, uh -huh. you know, wherever I am, I'm singing. Nice. Mm -hmm. So you've known for a long time that this was, a, this was your thing. Yeah. Do you remember 
when you were figuring that out as a child or apparently when I was a kid my mom tried to ground me or like put you know put, put me in time out and I told her one day I'd be on Broadway and she wouldn't be the boss of me anymore <laughs> um, and I, I my dad was a visual artist and my mom sang in bands and she's very crafty so when I was a kid they put me into an arts preschool so I was encouraged from a young age to explore art and creativity and you know I used to put on little shows so like from a little tiny kid like you know four three four five six and then you know my mom saw that spark in me so when I was 10 11 12 she was bringing me to like theater by the sea auditions and you know I was doing drama club at school and it just kind of all rolled that way for a long time. I did a lot of theater. I've performed with several wonderful theaters that we have in Rhode Island and outside of Rhode Island. Um, and I really thought I would do that. And then right after college, I was just auditioning, auditioning, auditioning. And I would get to like my second or third round of callbacks. And they'd be like, you, it's you and one other girl. And we picked the other girl. And I was like, I just sank three weeks of my life into this job interview that is for a temporary job. And yeah. I, was, I was really down on myself. And I didn't like that whole the process of getting the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't There's like a lot that, of rejection in that. Well, mm-hmm. and like I can take rejection. I've got a thick skin. Like and I know what I bring to the table. Uh-huh. But the issue for me was just the the time commitment and being like I'm almost there and then being told no. So mm-hmm. not just the rejection, but like it's a lot when you think you might get it and you know, you yeah. get disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um and I, at the time, I was really heavily involved in burlesque. I was a burlesque performer and dancer mm-hmm. and producer, and I was traveling with that, and I was having a lot of success in that, and my mm-hmm. show was doing really well. Um, so I kind of, like, didn't want to take away, you know, from from what was working for me. So I started doing more burlesque exclusively because I didn't have to audition for anyone. I got to make my own rules. Right. And I like to make my own rules. Audition for yourself. Exactly. I had people auditioning for me. Uh I'm the boss. (laughs) Nice. Um, Yeah. So that was fun. And then I just started to kind of move away from that and do a lot more music. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't have to audition for, you know, being in the band, I'm already in the band. I am, right. you know, I made the band, <laughs> and yeah. my band, you know, is with me. So it's it's just a different way to be creative that doesn't have so much no. There's still some no's, but it's mm-hmm. just not the same type of no, I guess. Right. You you don't lose as much of an investment when there is a, a no. Yeah. Because you're yeah. still making amazing music and mm-hmm. still working with your band. How do you think that your burlesque history has affected your current? Uh, Trajectory? Definitely. A lot of my my fans carried over from burlesque. So, like, mm-hmm. when I started doing music, they kind of, like, got on board with that. I still perform music at burlesque shows. And I still have a very burlesque style. It's part of my aesthetic. Like, uh-huh. I'm definitely not low maintenance. <laughs> um, and it's... I, I have a lot of that tongue-in-cheek kind of wit that comes into doing burlesque. Like, I love a double entendre, so it comes into my writing. There's definitely, it's weird, there's a lot of, like, sexual under-overtones in a lot of my Uh songs, but there's also this, like... Spicy. Yeah, it's spicy, for sure, and I know what I'm selling, you know? I know know these tacos be hot, like, (laughs) uh, you know, but I also have a thread in it of spirituality, um, 
so it's interesting because I think like, you know, it's like a stripper for Jesus. Like I'm packaging it in this really unexpected way, but I'd like to think that there are things in my songs that are really like wholesome and make you think. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, you like I grab you, I reel you in with the glitter and the glitz and the glam and the mm -hmm. goofiness and the sexuality. And then under that layer of glitter, there is something that's really of substance and it's mm -hmm. a lot of authenticity and realness from my heart, I'd mm -hmm. like to think. Um, and you're balancing the, the sexual and the profound. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. But well, the sexual is, is really you, too. It's, it's all... Yeah. Well, and I think that so many... A large part of why I did burlesque is so many people are ashamed. They're ashamed of their body. They're ashamed of what they love, who they are, how they feel what they want to do. And it's about being authentically yourself. It's about loving yourself. And I bring that message into my music. Um, and then I definitely have been known to flash a little bit on stage too. So you should come to my shows. You never know what you might see. And sometimes I'll pay burlesque dancers to come and be part of the show. And uh -huh. you know, so you, like I said earlier, you can take the girl out of burlesque, but you can't take the burlesque out of the girl. It's always right. been who I am. Even when I was a little kid, I was obsessed with gypsy. Like I'm always mm -hmm. over the top. I'm always extra. I'm always wearing big goofy heels and big silly eyelashes. And for me, it's just part of the fun and the joke. Cool. Yeah, I'll do anything for the joke, or okay. the story, pretty much. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> nice, all right. Um, you said that your creative juices have been flowing lately. What, yeah. what gets them flowing? So I recently have seen some fabulous artists perform. I, was, I just got to go see Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. So mm -hmm. seeing big shows really inspires me to see what people at the top of their game is what they're doing and where I want to go to, what I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, that does it. I have been feeling um, a lot more personally empowered lately. Just, I've kind of, um, I can be very caring about what the people I, not what everybody thinks of me, but I can care about what people who matter to me, like close friends and confidants and stuff, like their opinions really matter to me. And recently I've kind of like thrown some of those opinions by the wayside and grounded myself a little bit more in what I want to do and uh -huh. say, you know, like it's okay to be like, hey, I love that person for who they are, or their contribution, but maybe their opinion is not the same as mine. So I think taking back my own personal power and going, ooh, I can really do what I want to do. Like, there are no rules. All the rules are made up. Um, you know, there are some rules, but like... But you for, decide if you like it or not. Yeah, but for the most part, just in general, you know, taking time to kind of ground myself. And I had a crazy uh, year this past year. I, I moved and, you know, like you said, COVID affected everything. So I had gone through career changes and, you know, like housing changes and stuff. And now I'm in a much more settled place with my, my you know, day job or night job, I guess, as bartender. Mm -hmm. And... Um, like I stopped, I, I was a music teacher and I haven't right. been doing so much of that lately and like I kind of refocused and now I have more time to sort of allow all of the experiences of the last year in and what's coming out is songs pretty rapidly. So I'm excited because, you know, after a while you play the same songs over and over again, you want to play something new, you want to write something new. Um, and that's, uh, you know, so speaking of like someone like Robert Plant, like he's been singing the same songs since the 70s. So it's yeah. kind of like, it's wild. Like I'm like, ooh, if one of these is a hit, I better really learn to love it. And <laughs> I just saw this great thing um, online, you know, and it was like, 
one of the first steps to making great art is to learn to love your art for yourself. So I guess sometimes I would get too much in the mindset of I'm making this for the audience or I'm making this for somebody else. And I, I, it maybe sounds a little selfish, but like to bring it back to what's actually my core of writing, what, what yeah. I want to really put out into the world. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Finding my voice again. I think that's mm -hmm. really what did it for me. And, you know, coming out of survival mode in this crazy yeah. pandemic and into this new sort of chapter of my life. Yeah. And again, birthdays, that sort of stuff brings those juices around to going, oh, I'm reflecting. Yeah. You know, little questions, yeah, little yeah. questions. Life, the universe, everything. <laughs> well, you mentioned optimism too earlier. And yeah. I feel like that has a role in your, in your song making. Definitely. I, think, I would like to think that everything that I write has, I, I want to think about what I'm putting out into the world. So I don't want it to be negative. I don't want to write songs that harm or cause pain or, you know, I want to write songs that someone hears and goes, oh, that really puts me into a better place. That mm -hmm. takes me to the next level. Uh, that makes me proud to be me. That makes me go, hey, I'm, you know, over that bad bump in the road, things like that. Nice. So, and like there's even like in that song, The Quick, there's a twist of like, hey, like you're really cruel, but I hope that, you know, I wish you luck, good luck. That's on you. I want to ask about The Quick because yeah. you were talking about our plant has been playing since the 70s, the same yeah. you, that one You wrote that when you were 15. So 15. That, that's, got, that's got some a couple years on it. It's a 20 it, year old song. Has it changed? Yes. It, okay. Yeah, exponentially. What's changed for you with that song? Um, I definitely have gotten better at performing it. Like you, if you do something over and over and over again for mm -hmm. 20 years, you're gonna know what to do, uh, hopefully. So there's that, and it has been um, produced and reworked a number of times. So the very first recordings of it were, you know, very rudimentary. I couldn't even like really play the guitar at the time, oh. you know, and so. The, and the meaning for it, I guess, has changed because you meet people over the course of your life. And I'm like, oh, man, maybe one night you'll see me. And I always do the best shows when I'm kind of going through something. Don't we all? We're artists. That's why we're doing it. Okay. Catharsis. Yep. Um, but I, uh, I did this show... And it was after a breakup, and I sang that song, and it was just in a different place because I heard my own words in a different way, hmm. um, which was kind of cool. And I was like, oh, here's a new trauma to attach this this to. <laughs> this reminds me of that old trauma. Great. And, you know, it's but like a, shadow a work's rack. important. You can just keep hanging. Right, exactly. <laughs> the trauma rack. Uh, cool. Well, you had... I I loved how you incorporated the ambulance when it drove by in your, <laughs> you. in your live performance here. What... What are some of the, can you think of maybe the craziest or strangest thing you've done on stage? <laughs> um, well, last year at Revival Fest, it was right after um, they had kind of changed a lot of our women's health care laws and the Roe v. Wade mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was pretty upset. And while another member of my band sang the national anthem, I uh, impaled a hot dog on a coat hanger and ate it in front of the audience. Ooh. Yeah, it wasn't subtle. It, it wasn't <laughs> subtle. But I was really mad. I was really mad. And, you know, I... I well, it's a metaphorical statement. How did it go over? Um, I think it it was polarizing for sure. Like um, there were some people that thought it was great, and there were some people that disagreed. Um, How did you, know. you feel? I 
I stand by what I did. I think that, you know, sometimes you have to do something that's a little bit shocking or a little bit strange to um, to make your point. Yeah. I guess, and you know, and again, with the there was definitely like a sexual overtone to it, or mm-hmm. you know, so it, it was on purpose. Like, yeah. I, all those choices are on purpose. But I also like, I, I would say that's probably the most shocking thing that I've done on stage. Like, like I said before too, I do, you know, yeah. sometimes in my stage show flash a little. Yeah. But like, I I have a whole you know collage of rock star but, butts on my phone that I made. <laughs> so it's like I went through and I found. It's rock and roll. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just kind of like, again, it's all about personal power, personal autonomy, and it's my butt and I do what I want with it. <laughs> you know? Awesome. Where can people check in to follow you, see what you've got coming up? Do you have any big shows you want to... Yeah, um, so I do have some shows coming up. We are on Facebook. It's Corinne Southern and the Constellations is our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, I am Corinne Southern, just at Corinne Southern, and it's spelled C-O-R-I-N-N-E, and Southern is spelled we'll be, like we'll opposite of Northern. Right yeah, here. please don't misspell <laughs> my name. Oh, man. Do you know, I used to go, like, I was just on vacation can't find my name on a license plate anywhere like it's now you can order custom stuff but and then um yeah so anyway i'm just a little i like it's sensitive it's my name it's my (laughs) butt (laughs) um you can also find my music like to download we i have a band camp um but there's also spotify and all the streaming services i i blast it out everywhere so um, and then I do have a TikTok too. If you're into TikTok, you can follow me on TikTok. Um, I plan on doing more there. It's a lot of editing power in that app, and mm-hmm. you know. Okay. So, cool. and then other than that, you'll just have to catch me at a show around mm-hmm. town. Well, you you bartended a few amazing I, music venues too. Yeah, I do. Like... So all of the places I work now are live music venues. I do bartend nice. here at the Fabulous Parlor. Um, I'm usually here Saturdays, and then. I work at the Blue Room, which is a new venue that just opened in Cranston, um, and it's exclusively music and art, um, Mm -hmm. and it's really nice. And then I work at the Pump House Music Works in um, South County, down in Wakefield. So I'm surrounded by music, and then I also get to flex my creative muscles by making cocktails, and I really, I like talking to people, I like meeting new people, especially people who are involved in music and art, and who enjoy music and art so I'm I'm surrounded by it yeah rock and roll all night party every day yeah mixology is an art form too it's fun it's fun (laughs) you got to cheer from the audience all right um thank you very much Corinne for joining us um we'll put some of those things that uh some of the contact info we'll put below us yeah in wherever this shows up in the digital universe love it uh again thank you to R1 Trinity Brewhouse and uh the parlor and CIC for sponsoring this this series. And thank you, Corinne, very much for your time and for your music. Thank you, Mike. It's truly been an honor. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Motif. Always great to see you. (laughs)